Well, we are going to continue our uh, series of talks, our foundations talks, and today uh, the question that we're asking is, why am I here? Why am I here? This is going to be a fun one. I like uh, giving these kind of identity messages. What's our purpose? What's our reasoning for being here? And uh, some of you have been here every week, the last five weeks, which has been awesome. So just to recap, you know, we talked about why we are here, why we exist as young adults, what we're what I'm hoping to do and accomplish through this group. Uh, and then we talked about what is the gospel? What is a Christian? Last week we talked about what is the church? It's more than a building. It's more than just getting together. It's something beautiful. Uh, and today we're asking the question, why am I here? Because um, we have a deep need as human beings to understand not just our value, but our reason for being here. Like I could tell you, uh, Dude, you're loved, you're forgiven, you're called, you got, you got a purpose. But if you don't understand just the simple reason that you're here, me complimenting you or talking you up isn't going to mean much. Because you need to know the reason. Why is there breath in my lungs? Why did God knit me together? Is it just to do a job? Is it just to exist, just to breathe? What is it? And today we're kind of unpacking all of that. And, you know, for... For some of us, maybe not us, because, you know, but for a lot of young adults, it's just like, uh, is this all I'm here for? Like partying with friends, working a job I don't really like that much and swiping through Tinder or maybe not you guys, but maybe maybe yours, maybe yours is a it's a different two. Maybe this one, maybe this one. Uh, dude, I'm doing the church stuff. I'm walking in purity. I'm tithing, serving, worshiping, discipling, reading. I'm Christianing, okay? I'm doing all this stuff, but I still feel like something's missing. It's because we don't have a full understanding of what our reason for being here is. And I like to break this down in a way that's helpful for me in three separate ways. I'm not gonna say that this is exclusively biblical in the sense of, in this verse in the Bible, it says this about calling and assignment and purpose, but this has been helpful for me. So I just, the way that we're gonna tackle this question for the next few minutes is literally just breaking down those three things. What's my calling? What's my assignment? And what is my purpose? Um, And again, this isn't scriptural necessarily, but it's all based out of the word of God. So the first thing that we're talking about is, is our calling. Why am I here? Because I have a calling. I'm here on this earth because I have a calling. You are here on this earth because you have a calling. And it's a very common question in Christendom, and it's a very common question in church. Dude, what's my calling? I got to figure out what my calling is. Now, there's a general calling over all of humanity. There's a general calling, and that calling over all of humanity is to be reconciled to the Father, to be reconciled, to be brought back in relationship with the Father. But in the context of Christianity, what is my calling? Um, and it's actually kind of easy because every single one of us has the exact same calling. Every single one of us has the same exact calling. Your calling is no different than my calling. Again, this is just how I understand this. This is how I'm, it's helpful for me. We have the exact same calling and that's to fulfill two things, the great commandment and the great commission. Jesus gives the great commandment and the great commission. And here's what they are, the great commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, 
with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus is saying there's no, there's nothing more important than these two things. Loving God and loving our brothers and sisters. What else is part of our calling? The Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. If you've ever begged the question, what's my calling? Why am I here? What's, what's the purpose for all of this? If you've ever asked, asked that question, here's the answer. Your calling is the exact same as my calling, as the same as my wife's calling. We are we all have the exact same calling as Christians. And it's to fulfill these two things, the great commandment and the great commission. And the funny thing about these two, if you think about it, is I can't fulfill one without the other. I, if I'm not loving God and loving other people, I can't fulfill the great commission. And if I'm not making disciples, if I'm not overflowing what God's deposited in me, then I'm actually not fulfilling the great commandment. I love God and love others by doing the great commandment. And I make disciples, baptize, teach by loving God and loving others. These two go hand in hand. Now, moving on, the question becomes, okay, I'm doing the great commandment. I'm doing the great commission. That's my calling as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. It's my calling, but that doesn't really help very much in the sense of the heck should I do? Like, what, what is my life supposed to look like? Who should I marry? Who should I hang around? What should I do for a job? And that all comes down to assignment. Assignment. We have a calling, but what am I supposed to do? What job? What relationships? What city? Assignment is that specific placement that God has for you. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. I love this verse from Paul. He says, each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first called you. Well, where was I when God first called me? I was a mess. I was a sinner in desperate need of God. So wherever he has placed me, that's my, that's my posture. That I am, I'm, for me, I am working in ministry. I'm overseeing our high school and our young adults programs. I'm married. I'm a father. These are my assignments in life. And what's my position in the midst of that? Is to be humble, surrender to God, and faithful and obedient. You, corporately, each of you are unique. You all have giftings. You all have something to give. You can do things that I can't, that Cassidy can't, that Mackenzie can't, that Pastor Rick can't do. You have something unique and special to give, and God wired you that way. I know sometimes, like, especially if you're new to a church or new to a, some sort of gathering like this one, you're like, dude, I don't even know if I could be in here because it seems like they've got their thing figured out and I can't be part of it and this is just weird or whatever. No, you have something to give. God made you unique. He designed you for a purpose and a reason. And figuring out your assignment can be tough when you don't have a direction. And I was talking to a student yesterday, uh, this last Thursday night, uh, I shared a word I felt like I had from the Lord about uh, some students who feel called to pastor and who feel called even to the mission field, but they've been like, no way, don't want to do that. And I shared this word. And then after service, uh, two students came up to me, one girl and one guy. And they were like, dude, yes, I've literally been processing that. And it was super powerful. But I went out to lunch with, with uh, the guy yesterday, the, the guy student, and 
he was like, okay, I feel called to pastor. What do I do? Like, where do I start? What am I supposed to be doing right now? What am I supposed to be doing? And I was like, just be faithful, bro. Because we literally want the ABC down to the XYZ. We want all the things we want. Here's what you're going to do. Step one, step two, step three. Here's how you're going to get to the promotion and the calling and the placement and the assignment. Here's how you're going to get to all of it. But I believe in my heart that part of walking as a disciple of Jesus is fully surrendering to him. And the only control that I have is being a good steward of what's in my lap. The only control that I have is controlling what what I can control, what I'm holding on to, what's in my lap. Right now, I'm running a couple ministries. I'm a, I'm a father and I'm a husband. Those are my things. I don't know what's in the future, but I have no idea, <laughs> no idea at all. But the beauty of it is that I get to just release unto the Lord and say, God, I trust you with my future and I'm gonna work my butt off in the present. <laughs> I'm gonna be faithful right now. I'm gonna be obedient to you right now. I'm gonna be consecrated to you right now. Because that's what I can control. I can control that. And I love this in uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. You should go home and read it uh, with the prophet Elisha. So cool. There's this story of this woman. She's in debt. The collectors are coming. They're going to take her sons as slaves. And she's like, Elisha, I got nothing. I've got no money. And he goes, well, what do you have? What do you have? She goes, well, I got a little jar, a little vial of oil. He's like, all right, send your sons out. Go collect a bunch of jars, go into the room, start pouring, pouring the oil out. It's a tiny little vial of oil, start pouring it into these jars. And a lot of you guys know the rest of the story, but, but the jars fill up from one tiny little vial. It's almost like the, the fish and the loaves miracle, but in 2 Kings 4, and God does the multiplication. She was simply faithful to pour out the little that she had, and God did the multiplying. Amen. Like that's, that's my role. I, I'm gonna pour out the little bit of oil that I have and let God do the multiplying. And that's how we find our assignment. We say, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me, what you're doing, but I'm gonna be faithful right now. And I just want you to open the doors. I'm not saying don't go after the promotion. I'm not saying don't work hard. Absolutely do. We should own the market as Christians on working our butts off, right? We should be the most devoted, dedicated people in our workplaces. Why? Because Jesus is that way. We're called as followers of Jesus to be faithful to him and to our jobs and let God handle the rest. But finally, talk about calling, assignment. The last part of my reason for being here is purpose. I have a calling. I have an assignment where I do that calling. Like I, I have an assigned place where I get to fulfill that calling, but put those things aside there's a purpose that is so much deeper than even the calling and assignment. I have a purpose and it is to belong to him, to worship him, to walk with him. My purpose is Eden. My purpose is walking in the cool of the day with my father in the garden. And yes, the fall messed that up, but I think it's interesting that the very first picture we have of humanity is it's me and him, and we're walking together. You can kill it in your calling and in your assignment, but actually not be, f- be fulfilled because you're not, you don't have that foundation of what's my purpose, though. Like, your purpose has nothing to do with your job. Your purpose has actually e- nothing to do even with your calling. Your purpose, down to your spirit, is to be with him, to be in relationship with him. How many, how many of you have been in a season 
where everything's going right, you got a promotion or something, you know, you start dating somebody or, or you get married or whatever. And it's just like, it seems like everything's lining up, but you're like, yeah, but there's still like something that I'm just, because those things aren't, you're, they're not part of the reason that you're here. Part of your assignment, maybe you're calling maybe, but there's a purpose to why I'm here and it's to be with him. It's to walk in intimacy. And we, it's a, it's a word that makes us uncomfortable sometimes, but there's an intimacy that we ought to have, man and woman alike, with our creator. Before there was work, before there was church, before there was calling and assignment, there was the father with his kids walking in the garden. So we're gonna break into small groups in a second, but I wanna encourage you, we're gonna talk about those three things, calling, assignment, and, and purpose, but start to think about Maybe you have a solid prayer life right now. Maybe you have margin, time set aside for God, and it's great, and you're, you're loving it. Keep doing that. It's awesome. But for some of us, maybe we're struggling in our prayer life. Maybe we don't have that margin cut out of our days and our weeks to spend with them. Start thinking about what does it look like to ruthlessly create time for God? I tell my students all the time, if we truly say that God is our number one priority— Shouldn't he be our number one priority in our calendars? If, if God actually is the most important relationship that I have in my life, does my calendar reflect that? Does my prayer time reflect that? And I was so convicted about this a few months ago. And I had the fear of God on me about it. I was like, God, I'm preaching about prayer all the time, but I feel like I'm missing the mark. So I started coming to my office early in the morning no worship music, nothing. Stillness and silence and literally just sitting there being. Can I, can I tell you, it has revolutionized my prayer life. Prayer is proof of relationship. Prayer is proof of relationship with the Father. Time, margin created for God is proof of our relationship with Him. So we're gonna pray and then we'll, we'll dive into small groups.